Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. episode of Wookiee Radio. It is the Smugglers 3. Ken, Derek, and myself, Mike. How's everyone doing? Tired. Pretty good. Yes. I agree with the Just tired. about the same as we start every week, a little bit on the tired side. I, Maybe we need to do this a little earlier in the evening or something. Talk to my work about schedule. <laughs> I may be able to get us to start a half hour earlier, possibly. But anyway... Just real quick, check out the website, WookieRadio.net, support our affiliates, Ripped Apparel, SuperheroStuff.com, TV Store Online, Loot Crate, Um, check out the store, which you can find up in the menu bar, uh, where you can get Porg, it's what's for dinner, uh, and many- I still gotta order that shirt. And many other designs uh, for Weeby Geeks, Mighty Marvel Geeks, and Wookie Radio. Uh, Questions for us. Topics that you want to hear discussed, um, topic discussions, whatever. Something you heard in the show that you want to add to, hit us up at wookie at wookieradio.net or leave us a voicemail on uh, on the website with our speak pipe. So Twitter, Facebook is Wookie Radio. Instagram, we're at Weeby Geeks. It's a shared Instagram account. And I think that's it. <laughs> Did I miss anything? We don't have a MySpace. No, we don't You're have slack in there, Mike. We don't have free. <laughs> we don't have friend space either, or or an AOL instant messenger profile and group. I'm trying to get our CompuServe email back. No. Do we have a Yahoo ID? <laughs> no, but Google Plus is still Weeby Geeks. Ah, okay. Because some of these, <laughs> some of these, you just can't create and run like on Twitter, where you can run multiple profiles on one app. Yeah, Facebook, you can't do that with Instagram or Google Plus or some of these others. So is at Google the moment, Plus still a thing. Uh, it's becoming more so with the whole debacle of Facebook. I see more mm, and me, yeah. more and more people going, deleting Facebook. Come find me over on on Google Plus <laughs> or on Twitter. Yeah, Twitter and Instagram, I think, are the ones that are going to get the major boom from that. I think so. Well, I think Google Plus, the only thing, the reason it's still going is because they got the whole Google Hangouts thing. Yeah, which, man, they need to really put some time into that and really tweak it up. But I'm I'm going to bring this comes from uh, that hashtag show dot com, which I look at that. I'm like, okay, is there a podcast related to this? Because I I don't see a podcast listed on their site, but I haven't checked iTunes. But um, I 
saw this break on on Facebook. So actually, I'm going to double check StarWars.com because I'd rather pull it from there if it's there, which it should be because that was pretty big news. Yeah. Interesting uh, thing was, it looks like she didn't, uh, she and Star Wars didn't break this news. No. And and it's still not on, it's not on StarWars.com either, believe it or not. Was it real then? It's real because according to the story, it, it got broke on Twitter, actually. Um, Victor Mahoney joins Episode Nine as Star Wars' first black female director. Victor? No, it's just Vic. Victoria. Victoria. There it is. Victoria. Victoria Mahoney. Yeah. Um, a Wrinkle in Time director, Ava DuVarney, broke the, broke the news on Twitter. See, this is how broken the story is. Broke the news on Twitter. <laughs> broke the news on Twitter. And both uh, DuVernay and Mahoney worked together on the TV series Queen Sugar, which I'm not familiar with it. Um, Mahoney, who is also best known for her television work, has built, built up a steady relationship with Disney, having directed the pilot for Freeform's Misfits reboot TV series, as well as episodes of American Crime and Grey's Anatomy, both for ABC. Her role will be second unit director on Star Wars Episode Nine. So uh, her tweet came out was, uh, cat's out of the bag. Thank you, at Ava, for putting my name in the star in the hashtag Star Wars hashtag Lucasfilm hat. Thank you, hashtag JJ Abrams, for inviting me on your ferocious ride. This one, this one's for the outliers dreaming big in small corners of the earth. Hashtag may the force be with you. And then Twitter back to Ava's Ava's tweet, which was happy to share this historic news. A black woman directing stories in a galaxy far, far away. First unit director, J.J. Abrams. Second unit director at Victoria Mahoney. Hashtag Star Wars E9. Hashtag Star Wars. Uh, It's actually it is a pretty big role because basically. Um, being the um, second unit director pre- pretty much puts her directing most of the stunt and action scenes. Yeah, those are mostly done on second unit, and a lot of the um, a lot of the secondary pickup shots and stuff. But most of your action scenes and your stunts and the um, big things that have a lot of things that could go wrong are second unit. Yeah, so I mean, it's cool to see her in that role. It, it's outside of the comic book realm. Where else do you get? A, a female second director unit or second unit director second director unit second second unit director you know to handle Star- some of this it's not had anything yet so so I, then we've only had full of Star Wars movies really right so yeah I think that's pretty cool that that's the way mm-hmm. it's, it's happening I mean is it big news yes uh, am I glad to see that there hasn't been a lot of um, outlash at it which after I read it I'm like oh this this could go bad so so wrong, so quick. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very pleasantly surprised that there wasn't really any of that at all. Good. Um, What's a great thing is this is going to open up the door because um, a lot of times, like a second unit director, it gets bumped up from there to they get their own film a lot of times. Yeah. Down the road. Yeah. And uh, we're getting slowly but surely, we're getting to the point where we're, it's not going to be news that a woman or a black woman is directing. It's just going to be this is the director. Yeah. Forget that they're a, a black or white or um, a woman, a man, doesn't matter. A director is a director. A good director is a good director. 
So I guess my question is at this point in time, because uh, we were talking about this briefly at work. Um, so we were watching Lost in Space at work, and the guy I was watching it with is like, man, they're really pushing the female agenda a bit more in this one as well, kind of making the guys seem like idiots. I'm like, okay. He goes, and of course, this has been happening for, for the past 10 years, at, at least. I'm like, yeah. But yet, then we've had the Me Too movement and everything. At what point is it that, you know, you just mentioned the name, and it doesn't matter the sex or the race. It's like, okay, here's a new up-and-comer being given a chance. Well, unfortunately, that's still a ways away. I I agree. It's getting closer with every time every time something like this happens. It's getting closer. Agreed. Yeah, it is getting closer. And, and I I think some of that ground was also broken too when Kathleen Kennedy was named as George's replacement for Lucasfilm. Mm. Yeah, I think George George knew exactly what he was doing when he had when he put in part of the deal that Kathy Kennedy was coming in to do it. Yeah. 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 So. I'm just glad there wasn't an outburst or outlash fanned uprising. Yeah. Um, it, it remained fairly calm. I am a little upset that uh, StarWars.com didn't run with the story themselves. Because, um, I, I mean, to me, I think that's something that should be discussed on their site. It may not be. A, I mean, it, she may have been hired, but their marketing people weren't ready to just to let this out yet. Yeah. yeah. And it could be because if you look, it wasn't even um, Victoria that leaked it. No, it was the it was it a was, friend. It was <laughs> the director the, of Wrinkle in Time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who? Okay, yeah. She's got some problems with the Wrinkle in Time, and the fan outburst there is pretty just because this is like the third Wrinkle in Time movie that's come out, and they still don't get the movie right. It is. It's at least the second. I don't know. I've not read the book yet. I have it sitting behind me on the shelf. I just have never. Picked I've, it not, up yet. Yeah, I've never read it. I, I did hear that so long ago. I did hear that this one wasn't too good, I guess. Um, there was problem with the okay film adaptations. Uh, there was a film in 2003. <laughs> uh, I did not know that. And then the, I think it was a TV film. And then the theatrical mm. adaptation. Uh, yeah, it was a made-for-TV f- movie. And of course, it was put out by Disney then, too. Um, but it's my, my wife and daughter went and saw it and they said it, it was my wife harped on it hard saying there was a lot of elements that they kept out of it. Um, Mm -hmm. a couple of the characters that are main characters in the book are not in it. Um, I mean, the book is a very heavy religious themed book and they kind of strayed away from that as well. So I'm like, Okay, this is interesting. Uh, and apparently the the author or the author's family, because I don't remember if he's still alive or not, or the person's still alive, they've been very hard on it, too, because they said, stories I read said that the author didn't like the first version, um, and chances are he didn't like this one either, or wouldn't have liked this one. So, mm. anyway, sorry for the sidetrack. I think we can move on. 
Yeah. Well, we get to move on to um now last week we got our second trailer for Star for Solo and um we've got a lot of shots and a lot of stuff coming but this week we actually got two new TV spots and most yep. of the stuff in these TV spots is all new also. Yeah. I mean there is a lot of one of them is very Lando heavy. The other one is very um like high, the heist part of the movie heavy. So let me bring this up real quick so we can do a breakdown like we have been. Uh, there we go. And one more setting here. Got to slow it down so I can see what I'm, see what we're looking at. Yeah. There's a lot there. Yeah. For 45 seconds, they packed these in. Now, um, the opening shot for the um, what they're calling the Risk trailer is the same shot we've seen for a while of um, Han and Kira and um, Chewie walking across the desert. Then we're in. Um, then we get the shot from um, Beckett talking about the big shot gangster putting together a crew. Um, and then you get a shot of Paul Bettany's character. Uh, let me bring up the name again. I don't, I'm not, I don't remember Voss? all the names. Yeah. Dryden Voss. I will know these names as we go, <laughs> but we get a shot of Dryden Voss. Um, the same one we have looking over the thing he's going through. Um, we get the one about, um, asking Han if he's in, then we start to get, um, more of the same stuff. Everything's um, the same until you get past um, the scene of walking away from the Falcon. Then we get, let me see, is that Kira walking with them? Yeah, you get Kira, Beckett, Han, and Chewie walking up the hill. Um, looks like towards the Cloud Riders' den, probably. Um, the cool one is the next shot is the first shot we get a Lando in this. We get at Lando asking Kira straight up, what are you doing with Harry and the boy? Mm-hmm. Which is an awesome uh, to think that before he knows them, that's the first that's the first thing that pops in his head is how young Han is. Right. And then we get um, cemented in there that, that we need a ship. We know that that's, I think that's why they bring Lando into this because he has the Millennium Falcon. And he's making descriptions of it here. He says straight up the Millennium Falcon Every ship isn't for everyone. You need a special kind of pilot for this ship, or a particular type of pilot. Yep. Um, the next scene you get is you get L337 once again in the cockpit with Lando, but when she looks at him this time, she says, are you done flirting? So it looks like he's in love with his ship, which we know from um, from the history of the character and stuff that um, the original backstory was when Han won the ship from Lando, he, supposedly, the way I had heard it, was uh, Han won one of Lando's ships. Right. It wasn't. No one said what it was, and because um, Lando had a hangar full of ships. Well, the Falcon was the most beat down, um, dirty looking piece of junk sitting on the in the um, hangar, <clears throat> and uh, Lando thought for sure because this was his sleeper. It's when he'd been sl- fixing up everything on the inside and not touching the outside on purpose. Right. Because all the rest of him, he had the beautiful sleek yachts, the big expensive ships. All those were in there, um, but he'd been working on the Falcon for smuggling and just for slipping in and out unnoticed and that's the one that huh so uh it was a piece of garbage would you say (laughs) pretty much this was what they this is what the um the original backstory that everybody i don't know where this camps comes from it seems like everybody had heard this story back in the day but um so that's why when han when han chooses the falcon that's what came between the two of them so bad because that was lando's actual favorite ship over all the pretty ships (laughs) so it looks like this is it here too where he's saying are you flirting are you done flirting with the ship Mm-hmm. Then we get um, go back to the train on the track. Um, some more shots of basically fighting on the track. Um, 
you get Beckett a, a different version of him saying these people are not your friends because in the other trailers he had said don't trust anybody basically right. and I believe that's all of the new footage we have in this first trailer I'm almost there I'm at 32 seconds oh the one thing you, they do show is um, we had mentioned last week the red, the blades with the red line across the front of them now <clears throat> I watched The Last Jedi earlier this week and I was looking at the Praetorian Guards blades on all their weapons have that red energy across the blade the front of the actual um, cutting edge of the blade looks very similar to the brass knuckle blades that are being used here. I'm wondering if it's not, if it's maybe the same technology. Could be. Could be. Yeah. So I don't have pictures to compare it side by side yet, but we will. Um, the next shot is actually a really cool one because you see um, they're in a firefight, Han and Lando, and Lando um, yells out to Han to, um, and tosses him a blaster, but he mis- he pronounces Han the same way Billy D does back in Empire when he calls him Han. So that um, Glover here has um, has is watched enough that he knows this is the way Lando talks. <laughs> they see the firefight, and then we get Hans. Um, we got a, I got a really good feeling about this, and I believe we, that cuts. Yep, that cuts to the tr- so that's the first of the TV spots. Now we're gonna get a bunch of TV spots. So we're probably not gonna break down all of them on the show as we go, but these first two have a lot of new footage in them. Yeah. I think at this point in time, we're not going to see that much more new footage. We'll see how it's reorganized. Yeah, it'll get and repackaged. Re- yeah. And repackaged for whatever uh, topic they want to discuss, because we kind of saw that with these two as well. But yeah, really, these are extensions of what we've already seen. There's a couple new scenes in there, but they're still from the same places we were at. But I, I think the big thing is, though, I, I mean, we're a little over a month away. I can't see that much more coming out without potentially ruining the film. Yeah. Yeah, but leave it to the trailer company to um, go ahead and put that out anyway. Yeah. Like I said, I just wanted the one trailer. We got it. Uh huh. I didn't say anything about wanting more TV spots or anything else. I just want the trailer. <laughs> well, nice thing is the stuff you do learn in this, it really doesn't do anything to the story as far as I can tell. Yeah, it looks like it. Yeah. It's just little details that are selling that we know, so basically selling it to us that we know these characters. These are Han and Chewie and Lando that we already know. Yeah, yeah. So um, getting into the other one, they call it the crew trailer. You start with the heist and everybody fighting back and forth and the ship going away from the explosion. A lot of this is footage we've already seen as my as the video freezes on my computer. I'm on. My YouTube has frozen on me. Uh-oh. At least you're not frozen here in carbonite. Yeah, I know. In carbonite. Yeah. <laughs> uh, am I going to have to? You may have to relaunch it. Yeah, I know. Which is terrible because it's the same window that has all my other stuff in it already, too. Uh, you should be able to just refresh that tab. Well, I had it full screen. Uh, it was frozen to full screen at the moment. So, actually, you guys got it up in front of you, don't you? Nope. Ah. So, one of you guys could pick up and continue. Wait a minute, wait a minute. What's it doing? Maybe, it's, maybe. It's thinking. Yes. Come on. Ah, wait. Everything's crashing. You're about to lose me, guys. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, wait. No, no, no. No, no, no. Wait a minute. Maybe not. Aha. Nope, it's just Chrome. So okay. I can close it. Okay. The I Empire got the red strikes again. Yes. They're always a hassle, aren't they? Mm-hmm. There we go. Okay. Now that it's shut down, let me open it back up, maybe. This is great podcasting. <laughs> well, the second trailer starts off with we see yeah. the train um, and, and what's going on with, with it. Uh, I'm going to speed this up slightly. Um, and of course, we see Chewie and Han, and, and it almost looks like he's wearing the same jacket that he does on Hoth. 
I thought that was the furry jacket that he's been, that we've seen him in already in this. Is it? Yeah, yeah, I believe it is. But the cool thing is, I think this is um, the first time that they, either the first time they've met, or it's just after they first met, because he's asking Chewie who he is, or what is his name. Yeah, and of course, we see him with no bandoleros at the time either. Yeah. A couple uh, of these shots that are in these trailers, if you stop it, you'll see that actually it is a Y bandolier, not an X. Yeah. So when does the one part disappear? I don't know. It's good to know. That's why I'm what I'm I'm still steady with um, what we had from the first trailer that this may actually be what he was wearing as a work belt in the mines or wherever he was Could a slave. Be. Could be. And his, that's not his bandolier. Yeah. Uh, now about the thirty second mark, I'm noticing there's some new droids. I'm trying to remember what they're. Oh, come on. And I think these might be those uh, battle droids or fighting droids that Funko was referring to. Oh, yeah. The hack and slash gonk droid? Yeah. Gonk droid with attitude. That's right. That might be the show title. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do another Han Solo <laughs> name again. Um, but we also see the, the card game playing out. And yes, and Han shows Chewie his hand, and then he sees Chewie's reaction. It's like, oh crap! It's like that's a hand. So is that a hand that beats everything, or is that a hand that if he plays it, he's stupid? We'll yeah, find but if you out. play it, uh, a dead hand, you can still win everything with if you know if you can bluff it right. Yeah. Um, and of course, we're getting in this film the new catchphrase. I have a good feeling about this. Yeah, um, <laughs> plays up again, and then we see uh, May twenty fifth. The movie's coming out. Well, also in this trailer, you do get the whole. Um, I believe it's that. Yeah, it was this one that um, Han looks at Chewie and said, after Chewie's sitting in the co pilot seat, says, "You have a bad feeling about everything." Yeah, yeah. So um, I guess that wraps up the, the TV spots. Yeah, they're short and sweet, but they have a lot of good stuff in them. Yeah. So um, now I guess we turn it over to to Derek for his stretch. The solo snippets. Ah, join me, my friends, as we take a trip around the world. So uh, everybody do it less than an hour. I can do that. Everybody knows that uh, Star Wars is a worldwide phenomenon, right? Well. Uh, it may not be as big in international markets as it is here in the United States, uh, depending on the market. So possibly to help capitalize on the global buzz, the solo movie is reportedly going to be making its debut in China on May 25th, the exact same date as it comes out in the United States. There's a trend lately with blockbuster releases that I'm not a fan of in which uh, the movie the movie will come out in a handful of foreign markets uh, a few days, sometimes a week or so before it comes out in North America, while other regions must wait weeks or even months for the film to debut. Um, and the Star Wars films regularly come out a substantial amount of time after the North American release. <clears throat> and China, with it being the second largest box office market, uh, marks a movie's final push for their final worldwide numbers. Um, so the thought here is that it could be they want to get Solo out before the arrival of Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, it, which has worldwide appeal. And uh, with Solo, 
needing little to no knowledge about the rest of the franchise, it could be a good opportunity to introduce Chinese audiences to the galaxy far, far away. Uh, Because despite being such a large market, Star Wars has failed to make a major impact in China for a number of reasons. Uh, apparently, China is overwhelmed by the amount of content necessary to understand the whole Star Wars saga. Uh, the Last Jedi was pulled from virtually every screen after less than three weeks, with the opening numbers in China failing to even surpass Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Uh, and according to a Chen Tao, who runs a Chinese Star Wars fan forum. He said, for a lot of fans, the story of Rogue One made us think of our own country's revolutionary history. A lot of characters in it were just like the Communist Party members who sacrificed themselves for the revolution. And apparently they're going to be releasing the movie with the title Ranger Solo. (laughs) Which is is really to help help audiences uh, prevent them from getting overwhelmed by feeling as though they need to have seen the previous nine Star Wars films to understand Solo. So, enjoy Ranger Solo, China. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is almost a a Western. True. Yeah. Very true. Ranger Solo. In other news, uh, a new poster has come out. Two new posters have come out, one in the UK and one in Japan. Uh, And let me get down to it. And in the – I know you guys have commented in the – UK one, it looks like uh, Lando's kind of more prominent than Han. Yeah. It's, yeah, if you look at um, most movie posters, whatever's dead center is what's going to draw your eye and your focus. Well, this one, Lando is dead center right in the front in front of all the other characters. Also, what's interesting about it is that Han is at the top, the largest uh, character, which, if you've noticed from other Star Wars films, tends to be the villain in the film. Yeah. Yeah. And also, doesn't his blaster usually have a scope on top? Yes, it That's does. That's a little bit different blaster. That's yes, not it does. Forty four. It well, it looks the same without the scope. Well, he 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 might have a different gun before <clears throat> uh, a different blaster, I should say, before Woody Harrelson gives him his other's blaster, perhaps. Yeah, which that could be, but. So, so uh, when the marketing materials finally began to emerge for Solo, uh, one artist drew attention to the cover posters res- resembling album covers he created, which I believe we have covered. Yep. Uh, there was a lot of heat about that too. Yeah, and uh, and then Lucasfilm released new character posters for the film. Uh, new international posters then came out, which featured alterations on the revised character posters. This time, removing all firearms from the characters' hands. Some thought this was done as a political statement by Disney in response to the number of shootings that occur every year. Though the studio ultimately confirmed the posters were specific for Brazil, a country in which they wanted to make the film appear more family-friendly. Many of the recent posters have emphasized the spirit of of adventure, appearing more like advertisements for a 50s action-adventure serial than as a Star Wars film. Well, uh, the 50s action-adventure serial, that is Star Wars. 
Yeah. yeah, basically. So that's kind of an interesting take on um, kind of interesting look on the international, some of the international um, marketing and how they handle things like with China changing it to Ranger Solo and Brazil wanting no weapons and stuff. Uh, and the Japanese poster, which is very interesting, actually has a falcon on it. That's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um now, in this article that shows the on a comicbook.com that shows the poster, they talk a little bit about some of the troubles that the movie went through with the original directors and uh, and and uh, Phil Lord and Christopher Miller and how Ron Howard took over. And uh, here's my is the part I really like. Apart from John John Kasdan uh, t- talking to the Star Wars show. He said, what we had was a character that we loved who was enormous fun. It wasn't like we ever approached it like, okay, we're going to fill in the backstory or the origin story of Han Solo. We had Han Solo, and we were going to make a great crime movie around him. What we started with A New Hope was a very cynical guy, and it allowed for a character arc that naturally lent itself to this movie, which is, how do you become a cynical guy? Well, I could tell you a few ways. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah, so some interesting things there. And then that leads us to a rumor that has come out, which actually does make a lot of sense. Um, So, of course... As we reported earlier, uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, reports out of France disclosed that Solo would indeed be having its world premiere at the 71st Cannes Film Festival. Or would that be Cannes? Uh, I've always heard just op- Cannes. Yeah, me too. Just um, like Han and Han. <laughs> yeah. Depends on who Can you're talking Con. to. Yeah, that's good, actually. Yeah. Um, of course, so that would be coming out before it opened on, on May 25th. Um, so that led, of course, everybody's wondering, and I think we've actually wondered ourselves yeah. on the show, when do the tickets go on sale? Um, so according to Manabyte's blog, tickets for Solo Star Wars Story will be going on sale Friday, May 4th. It has not been confirmed by Lucasfilm yet. But the rumor has been spurred on by an email received by the managers of two big theater chains, alerting them to plan for May 4th. Of course, there's also the fact that the the announcement of the 2019 Star Wars celebration will be on May 4th, which I believe you talked about last week. Uh, no, I think we talked about it. I said we didn't. We talked about it on Weeby Geeks briefly. Oh, is that when we talked about it? Yeah. When did yeah. they release that news? Ah, when, uh, I totally missed that one earlier this okay. week. So I'm getting my shows all mixed up. Well, we know also yeah, that, May the fourth is the um, release date for the um, new variations on the uh, the soundtracks. All the re- remastered yeah. soundtracks are releasing that day too. Yep. Yeah. So there. So here's some news for you, Ken. They're making an announcement about Star. Or celebration on May fourth. That's right. That was Weeby Geeks. Yep. So I'm telling you, we're coming to Cleveland. <laughs> uh, maybe you guys have a convention center that holds seventy thousand plus. I have no idea how big the convention center is in Cleveland. <laughs> so could we finally? Could we tickets go on sale May fourth? That would that would make sense. Certainly. 
Yeah. So we'll have to yeah, wait and see does, on that. But it does seem like Lucasfilm for the first because usually uh, May the Fourth doesn't seem like it's a Lucasfilm day. They haven't traditionally put out yeah. a lot of stuff on the fourth themselves. That's what yeah. been a fan thing. This year it seems like though they are doing if they're doing that um, celebration announcement, they're releasing the um, movie soundtracks and all this stuff. Then yeah, it would be about right. Yeah, but the last few I mean I know for three four years now they have done some promotion of May the 4th because they highlight it on the website. Well, yeah, but it's usually um, when they do the stuff that um, Lucasfilm does is stuff that highlights stuff for the fans or highlights fan things that are going on. Right. Yeah. It's nothing that they were putting out themselves, really. Yeah, not usually. But a lot of things are lining up right there that that, uh, (laughs) can make May 4th interesting this year. Yeah. And that's all I have to say about that. Okay. Well, I'm going to say this then. We have some more info about the, the TIE Fighter that we see in the trailers. Uh, yeah, it is a weird-looking TIE Fighter. It yeah. is, yeah. And this is a pretty good sh- The picture in the story on Cinema Blend gives a pretty good shot. I thought, yeah. Uh, yeah. I thought it was almost another, like, smaller cockpit thing, similar to, like, the TIE Bomber. Mm. But the TIE Bombers have the same advanced TIE Fighter wings like Vader's TIE Fighter. Right. Uh, yeah, where they um, kind of come in angled at the top of the yeah. this is This is the normal TIE Fighter wing. Just extended. It's just further apart. Um, apparently, the new TIE Fighters are called the TIE RB. And Lucasfilm recently released more details of the ships, explaining, compensating for the relative f- fragility of the unshielded TIE Starfighter, star is the armored TIE RB, a reinforced heavy starfighter with much more powerful laser cannons. Uh... Of course, as stated, you know, a TIE fighter can be taken out in a single blast, but then again, so can an X-Wing. Yeah, they could be taken out. It just depends on where they're hit. Um, but uh, it's not impo- it's virtually impossible not to get hit when engaging in an airstrike between the Rebel Alliance or the First Order or the Rebel Alliance and the Empire. Um, so the question is, if armored TIE RBs compensate for the relative fragility of a normal TIE fighter, then why aren't all TIE fighters just built like the, the TIE RBs so they don't fall apart at the first blast? I'm wondering if not, if we're not seeing a prototype here. Could and it's be. a similar situation to what could we saw be. in Rebels with the Defender. Could be. No, the TIE Defender, well, there, they be. had a bunch of them. But once the um, they destroy the factories, that's all there is. Yeah, I like this next line. It's like that classic question of why airplanes aren't made of the same material as the black box that's designed to survive <laughs> a crash. <laughs> so, yes, that question has often been wondered. Uh, maybe this is a question that will be answered in Ron Howard's Solo, A Star Wars Story. Yeah, it might be. So. And you might be right, Ken. Or you may be crazy. Well, it's not a maybe there. <laughs> it just might be. I do a show with you guys. <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad you knew where I was going with that. <laughs> but weren't, were you the one, Ken, who was wondering about that, who was saying that that might be, um, that little thing on the side might be extra laser cannons? Yeah, actually, I think I did point out it could have been some kind of upgraded weapon I, system. I think you I did, think I yeah. Said laser cannons, too. Yeah. And it looks like that could be the heavy, that could be the heavy, more powerful 
laser cannon on it. Yeah. And actually, the theory of it possibly being a prototype, if you look, there's only one of those in the shot. Those yeah. are yes. standard TIE fighters. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. What if those might be um, scaled down turbo lasers? Mm, possibly. Capital yeah. ship, various, or scaled down versions of capital ship weapons. Mm. I doubt it, but. <laughs> and I'm, I wonder if because it's more armored, if that makes it less maneuverable. I don't know, because uh, that was always the whole reason why they don't have, um, or one of the compensations they have for not having shields is how maneuverable TIE fighters were. Exactly. Yeah. Very interesting. Yes. Yep. But there's even more solo story- news out there now also. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> kidding. Yeah, now, now that they've opened up the floodgates, it's coming hard and heavy. Um, Empire actually ran a story this week about Drayden Voss, and StarWars.com actually put up some more official information in their data bank about him. Um one of the things we find out that this villain, Drayden Voss, um, is, the, for, according to the official um, Star Wars website, Drayden Voss heads up an emer- emerging criminal syndicate known as Crimson Dawn, which I looked it up and I've we've not seen that before, but I swear that sounds like something that came out of the old EU. Crimson yeah. Dawn. Sound, was, it does sound like it. There was another group called Crimson something. Yeah. Now, I just got to say one thing. I definitely know I'm tired because when I first read that line that you just read, I thought it. my first thought was that it said Dryden Voss heads up an emergency criminal syndicate. And I'm like, what That's the hell? What I, yeah, I saw that, too. I had to make sure I read it correctly. <laughs> I was like, what's an emergency criminal syndicate? Well, well this one, organization is – go ahead. It's one of those syndicates that – if you need a crime done right away and it's an emergency, <laughs> you contact You call them. them. <laughs> so they're the A team of the criminal underworld? They're the they're the rotor <laughs> Yeah, there you go. <laughs> they are the rotor rooters uh, of the criminal underworld. <laughs> I think we're writing a new show here. Forget 1313 or Star Wars Underworld. <laughs> the emergency criminal syndicate. EC, the ECS. All their, vehic- all their vehicles look like rotor rooter vans. <laughs> well, back to the website. It says that this organization has quickly cemented a reputation for ruthlessness. This is true of its. Um, this is true of its leader as well. The Voss is no crude cutthroat. He surrounds himself with luxury, which some of the pictures you find out of the Empire, you see that um, this um, makes sense. One, when we've seen him in the trailer, he's always in that really swanky looking nightclub, mm-hmm. and it's all posh and beautiful. Uh, you look at his actual room here in the picture, and he's got Mandalorian armor sit in the background, like propped up, like this is a. Um, this is part of his collection. Yeah, on display. Now, um, also in Last Shot that just came out from Daniel Jose Older, the new book, uh, which actually I have on hold. As soon as it comes out, I'll have it read and I'll let you guys know what it was about. Um, now, one of the characters in there, Santa Staros, actually get, tells Han Solo this about Crimson Dawn. She says, obviously, things were happening. Obviously, things were going to get messy, and indeed they did. In the final round of bidding, a Crimson Dawn agent outbid the closest closest competitors. An unaffiliated towel smuggler and some tall hooded fellas presumed presume had something to do with the Commerce Guild. So um, they, I guess Crimson Dawn was bidding on some technology there. Mm. Mm. And let us let us not. Um... 
glance over the fact that that was Sana Staros who said that? Yes. Or Sana, if you prefer. Who? So it's interesting that she's in the book. Where is she from? She's from the comics. Yes. Yes. Okay. She's That's... the one that. She's the one that comes out as potentially. Uh, uh, was introduced originally into the series as. Um, Solo's wife. Ah, yeah. okay, okay, okay. Yes. Which we so that's later interesting. Which we later find out she also had relations with Dr. Afra. <laughs> <laughs> well, also we find out um in addition to all this that we found out in the in Sana being in the book there, um, we find out Ooh. that Crimson Dawn as the gang themselves were bidding on items in last shot. It doesn't necessarily mean um, any direct connection to the events of the movie, but in the novel, the group uh, bid on an item called the um, Phalanx uh, Redux, which um, serves as basically the the MacGuffin for the novel. I just had a thought. I'm I'm wondering if this novel is going to cover the... How the mission where Han and Sana wound up getting being husband and wife. That yeah, would actually be, be kind of cool. That would be, yeah, that would be really cool. Now, this news, news story comes off of Star Wars News Net, which they have their own podcast also. And um, one of their listeners actually um, asked if uh, the last shot, asked on Twitter if the last shot book is actually going to spoil anything about Star Wars um, or solo a Star Wars story. And Daniel Jose Older actually jumped on to answer it himself, the author of the book. Um, it's Sean um, Sanrud actually tweets out, uh, do you think reading The Last Shot before watching Solo was spoiling anything for the film? And Daniel Jose Older jumps in and says, I read it already and it totally won't. Cool. It's kind of cool, cool. The, when the actual original author and stuff jumps in there and has a good time with it, too. Yeah. Now, according to Wikipedia, um, you find out that, um, like Jabba, um, Dryden Voss also likes his ships, as evidently he owns a yacht and so, um, of some sort, which he has revealed in actually the Han Solo children's book, The Choose Your Own Destiny, Han and Chewie Adventure. Dryden Voss is in there talking about a yacht that he owns. So he's not just hmm. a collector of armor. He collects many things, it looks like. Now, um, regardless of um, what we've done with the character since reshoots since Bettany stepped in, um, it looks like he is going to be a collector. Um, in some of the other shots from Empire Magazine, you can see he had, we've seen the Mandalorian armor, which I've already talked about. But there's an, in um, some of the previously leaked images, um, it looks like he may actually have some taxidermied Ewoks on display also. <laughs> and so it makes you wonder what other things could be in his collection. True. Now, um, the Star Wars Authentic site lists um, the image of the um, tusks surrounded by um, or the the skull with the giant tusks that we've seen from the trailers. According to that, it's on the um, planet of Vandor, and they they have it listed as Drayden Voss's um, lair. But if you look at the caption, um, that's or wait, let's see here. Yeah, Star Wars News that tweeted out that the official Star Wars Authentic site have titled the first image because they have two images here side by side. It's the image of the um, the skull and tusks and Han and Chewie walking up to it beside an image of the train from the heist scenes. Now they asked the question. It says that the authentic site says the first image of the skull is Drayden Voss's lair, which is good to know. But then the second image is called Memban Train. And um, it's already um, and everybody already knows, I guess, at this point um, that the snow planet is actually Vandor, 
not Memban. So who knows what it's going to be? Is the train actually on Vandor? Is it on Memban? What? There's a lot of there's some, some conflicting reports here. Right. Mm. Um. Let's see. And then the last thing that they had on here was, um, I guess Ron Howard's wife doesn't always go to his movies to see what to see the movie, but um, he's actually still having interactions with people on the on the Twitters, um, which we'll see here in a couple of minutes with our um the next story. But um, his latest Twitter was to um, jump on answering a plea from a man asking Ron to actually um, convince his wife to come see the movie with him. Ron's tweet was, well, based on the feedback I'm getting from small screenings, I think she'll like, she'll very likely enjoy it. Action is cool. And Han's relationships with the characters drive the story in a fun and emotional ways. So as we're getting more and more information out, it looks like um, where everybody was afraid of where this was going to go. It looks like it's actually not going, it's going in a good direction. Yeah. Good. That's good um, to hear. Which I think on our show here, we were talking about, um, I know I was personally extremely excited when I heard that Ron Howard was brought on to, to, to finish the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I was pretty excited about it. Because it's like, if someone can do this, I think it would be him. Especially after the horror stories we were hearing mm. that, oh, it's going to be an Ace Ventura like. Yeah. yeah. I don't think the Star Wars universe needs that. <laughs> no. I mean, if you want that, that's fine. We'll just put out um, Star Wars detours. Yes. Mm. But it's, you know, what do you do? Yeah. But that's not all Ron Howard's been tweeting about. Indeed, it is not. So, uh, a recent tweet that Ron Howard put out um, showed a picture of them working on the soundtrack for the movie. And it said, uh, the tweet was, hashtag solo a Star Wars story, final sound mix, hashtag Skywalker sound, proof that hashtag Clint Howard fans have something to look forward to on May 25th. So, uh, those who are, those who know Ron Howard know that he has put his brother Clint Howard basically in everything he has done. Yep. So, of course, we were all wondering, uh, and I think we have wondered on the show, where, uh, will Clint Howard be in the movie? Uh, and Clint Howard, if you don't know who Clint Howard is, shame uh, on other you. than, yeah, shame on you, first of all, uh, He's been in over 200 roles. Um, of course, every movie that Ron Howard has done, um, everything from Star Trek now to Star Wars. And we don't know yet what part he will play, um, but it's going to be interesting. I hope I hope we can recognize him. I hope he's not like a, an alien. Like Simon Pegg? Yes, exactly. I hope he's not like that because I want to know. I want to be what. Although I don't know, will that take you out of the film if you're sitting there going, "Hey, there's Clint." Yeah. Well, if you look at the um, picture that it was tweeted out with it, you can see that you can definitely tell that's Clint Howard. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Yeah. So my favorite part is. <laughs> Um, uh, so fans were tweeting to Ron Howard asking if Solo would feature Clint Howard and Ron Howard's reply was, you won't be disappointed. (laughs) So that's awesome. We don't, hopefully we won't be disappointed. Hopefully. Um, so we don't know what his part he's going to play. I'm sure it won't be a major part. It never is, but, uh, it doesn't have to be because it's always memorable. Yes. And in this case, it's kind of like, uh, I kind of liken it almost to like 
a, a Stan Lee kind of cameo in a Marvel film. True. true. Although it, it's, it's usually more than just a cameo, but whenever you see like a Ron Howard film, you're like, where's Clint? There he is. <laughs> yeah. Well, and he was in uh, the first Austin Powers movie. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's right. Well, that's a, he's made a career out of bit parts. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, like you said, he's got over 200 credits on his IMDb and there's almost nothing is animated. Usually you see that many credits. It's um, voice actors. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So this guy works all the time. Has he done any voice acting? I wonder. I think he's I think done he some, but not much. Yeah. Well, the thing the thing with with uh, Clint Howard is he has a very um, distinguishable face. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. So, um, comic wise, Poe. Now my Chrome was freezing up. Ah, mm. it's a Chrome issue. Yeah, I think it, I was having an issue earlier us. too. And there, the Empire has blocked Google. <laughs> no Google for you. Oh no, your Google foo is weak. The enemy, <laughs> WP, Warner Brothers has bought Google. <laughs> Now, now Google's going the same way as the DCEU. Oh. oh. Well, what, towards the light? Towards the sun. Yeah, it dying. <laughs> the light of death. Yes, there is a light at the bottom of the toilet. Oh. We'll see. Aquaman comes out in November. Well, let's hope it's like Wonder Woman and does good. Um, Aquaman was coming out in December. I thought it was November. Maybe it is December. I don't know. Anyway, getting a first look at what <laughs> at what happens after the Last Jedi uh, is what's coming in the Poe Dameron book, in the Poe Dameron comics. Um, what happens to Ray, Finn, and Poe in the meager remnants of the Resistance at the end of the Last Jedi? Well, thanks to Marvel Comics and Star Wars Poe Dameron number twenty six, we don't have to wander. Um, of course, this is written by Charles Soule, uh, and it's the first Star Wars property to dip its toes into post-Last Jedi Galaxy, which for a while, it had been pre-Force Awakens and Last Jedi, I thought. I'm behind on my, I'm behind on reading this book, which I'm ashamed to say. Um, at, uh, yeah, it was. In the previous 25 ep- issues... Poe Dameron explored Poe's adventures with Black Squadron, leading right up to the events of Force Awakens. At the end of issue 25, Poe finally established contact with Lor Santica, of course, Max von Snydo's character from Force Awakens. The comics stopped being a prequel, and from now on, the stories being told will run alongside the events of the sequel trilogy. This is interesting because wasn't Poe supposed to be like a 12 issue mini? Originally, yeah. It wasn't expected to be more than 12 issues. Then it it was such a hit, it developed into an ongoing series to be yeah. one of the three ongoing series. Mm-hmm. Um, now, through through the post-TLJ material is a framing device. Uh, it's great to see our three heroes together. Um they're all taking, and Finn and Ray are both taking multiple shots at Poe's ego. Uh, Ray is still holding the pieces of Luke's old lightsaber and even quotes Luke at one point. When Poe mentions the mission to find Luke, Ray says, one man with a laser sword. <laughs> um, it's also um, being framed by the fact that, you know, members of the Black, you know, we, we do check in with members of the Black Squadron uh, that were not featured in The Last Jedi, like Snap Wexley, who's Greg Grimberg, and Jess Pava, 
who were featured very heavy in the first 25 issues of the comic. Um, and apparently they were off on a mission of their own during The Last Jedi. Aside from more of the movie-adjacent Poe action, here's hoping we see more of them as well. Have you finished Aftermath yet? No, I still got the last book to do. You I've to only read. It. I've only read the first book, and actually, I am as we speak. I'm right now downloading the second book onto my Audible. Very cool. Though that series does get better the close the farther you get into it. Yeah. Yeah. So it may it may feel like a slog getting through the first book, but once you get to the well, Mike, you got through the second one. So did it pick up a little bit for you? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it picked up a little bit. So, hey, do you know who? Do you um? Have you figured out yet who? Um, oh, I can't say anything without giving it away. I was gonna say, careful. <laughs> yeah, one of the characters is someone we actually know. Okay. So you haven't got that part yet. Okay. No. You you would know exactly what I'm talking about once you get there. It is a familiar character once you find out who this is. Okay. So um. I guess we got time to to hit. Wow, I didn't think we were gonna have time to do all these stories that we picked for tonight. I know. And oh, crimson the the name the the word crimson. Why it sounds familiar is there was a book series in '98 called Crimson Empire. Okay. Yeah, there was a comic book series if I remember right. Yeah, it was a six issue. Yeah. It was a six issue series. Maybe I was just thinking of Crimson Jack. <laughs> Could be too. And um, I don't know. And it was followed up by the sequel later in 98 and into 99 called Crimson Empire 2. And then in late 2008, it went on for Crimson Empire. All right, it was Crimson Empire 2, Council of Blood, 98, 99. And then in 2008, Crimson Empire 3, Empire Lost. So, um, Uh, at Celebration 5, it was announced it would be released in 2011. So there, there's where Crimson Empire comes into play. Mystery solved. Yep. Now it's yeah, just, like I said, it just sounds like a name that would come out of the old EU. Yep. Now it's your turn, Derek. Is it? Yep. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Well, now we go from comics to a little bit of books. Speaking of aftermath and all that. And, <clears throat> excuse me. In the newest book, uh, Last Shot, that's coming out, uh, it seems that our our favorite uh, smuggler, Han Solo, was not such a great father. Who would have guessed? Great pilot, but not a great father to Ben Solo. Um, though it seems like he always wanted to have a healthy relationship with his son. Uh, in the last shot, in last shot, it is revealed that he is very unprepared for fatherhood. Uh, going back to a time when Ben Solo was a young toddler under the care of Han and Leia, passages from the book highlight just how difficult parenting was for Han. Pop up ad, and uh, <laughs> it, it just comes down to he was he was doing it in Alderaan places. Uh... <laughs> Maybe he just didn't have enough Wookiee cookies for Ben. So in the book, uh, it's a, the, in a passage from the book, it says, Two years in, and no matter what, nothing he did was right. He brought Ben a play blaster from Burundang, and he was encouraging his violent side. Took it away, and the boy wouldn't stop crying. He tried to, to replace it with a Builder Space Center set, and there were too many small pieces Ben could choke on. The worst part was it what it wasn't like Leia was just nagging or inventing stuff to one up on. 
She was right about all of it. She couldn't even properly, so he couldn't even properly resent her for it. So, uh, of course, knowing that Han had a troubled youth, it's understandable how he might not be prepared for fatherhood. Um, and the novelization for The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi also gave a few details about Ben's resentment towards his parents, revealing how Leia and Han were barely there for their son while they were working on rebuilding the Republic. Which, I can see that. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Though, he, this definitely doesn't excuse Kylo Ren from cutting a knife through his father. The passage from passages from Last Shot definitely adds texture to the com- complex backstory of Kylo Ren. Yeah, uh, cutting a knife through his father. That's one way to put it. So, uh, yeah, I guess a good part of why Ben became Kylo Ren is because Han Solo was not such a great father. Who would have guessed? Hence the beginning of daddy issues. I don't know. You would think maybe you could have taken Ben out on the in the Millennium Falcon, you know, little father and son flying around the galaxy. Yeah. That would have been fun. <laughs> Teach him how, how to gamble. Exactly. So. so now I'm interested to read that book when I get to it. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be fun. Um, I will say this. No, I won't. I'll save it for the moment. Okay. <laughs> I, I just, I just thought of something uh, that's being worked on. I, I still want to wait for that official announcement before we do something. Ah, so I'll explain. Uh, I'll explain after show. So, um, I think that's going to wrap it up. Any final thoughts? Okay. Um. Yeah, my final thought is I'm kind. I'm glad to see now that we're in a place where the the solo movie actually looks good and actually looks like a reality because there was a little time there where we were starting to get worried with no marketing or anything. But now we're getting flooded with it. Yeah, as time's winding down, I think that it's going to be oversaturated. Mm, but that's okay. Luckily, it won't be that we won't be oversaturated for that long. Exactly, I was going to say because it's just over a month now. So yeah, yeah. So uh, Ken, you have any final thoughts? Um, the mine was going to be similar. Just the um, it's great that I wasn't. I mean, I'm hyped to, to, to see a Star Wars movie. I don't care what it is, but until uh, these new round of trailers and stuff is coming out, it's like now it's finally hitting that dude. This is a Star Wars movie, right? Yeah, it's going to be great. Yep. Yeah. It looks fun too. Yeah. It, it almost feels like this is the uh that spaghetti western that Lucas was talking about. Mm. Yeah. So, well, that's going to conclude it for this week. I think we all got nothing else to say except Give the evacuation code signal. All right, cut the chatter. Jet, I can hold it. Pull up. No, I'm all right. Placed information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I've lost R2!